The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began listening to the first part of this message, entitled The Roots of David's Faithlessness. We looked at some of the reasons that David lost faith, even though he had been such a faithful man in the past. As a young man, he had faced down a lion and a bear, and he had done so trusting to the strength and power of God. More recently, he had faced down a giant himself, Goliath, likewise trusting in the strength and power of God. But when Saul, the king, got after him and began to seek his life, instead of trusting God, he resorted to deceit and subterfuge. And some may say that it was reasonable for him to, to flee like he did. But if you'll notice, the place that he fled to was the place where Samuel dwelled. And the proof that David was being faithless is seen in the account of what happened when Saul sent his warriors to recover David at Samuel's home. If you'll recall, all those warriors and ultimately Saul himself were struck down by the Holy Spirit and began to prophesy. You see, God is able to take care of us and to fulfill his promises every single time. We can always trust him. Last time we began to look at the reasons that David lost faith. And today we're going to go back and recap part of the sermon from yesterday. And then we're going to look at a sweet, sweet story of how God provided a friend for David to help him even in the midst of his faithlessness. Join us as we continue this series, A Man After God's Own Heart. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
we are not worthy. <laughs> we are not. not it, but we've been made worthy through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Over in, uh, in Romans 8th chapter, in verse 14, listen to this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, I'm not going to get into what, uh, I believe this is talking primarily about those that have been born of the Spirit. But, but think about it, when we are allowing our, those that have been born of the Spirit, and we're, those who have already been born of the Spirit, I should say, that when they then let, them, let themselves be led by the Spirit of God, they are indeed the sons of God. You know, sometimes I don't feel like a son of God when I'm not letting myself be led by the Spirit of God, even though I still am. But boy, when I'm letting myself be led by the Spirit, I feel like a son of God. But he said, now listen to this. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And that word Abba there is so sweet. That's, that, that's the equivalent of our daddy, you know. Our dad, you know, father is a very formal term. You may call your parent father, and that's fine. And you may mean it in an endearing way, but in general, father is more formal. But Abba, daddy, is that term of endearment that we can call the Lord our God our Father. You see, we, we call him Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. We don't have to earn our self-esteem. We are esteemed by God. That's one of the beauties of the doctrines of grace, child of God. You know, in the works-based salvation, you may be a lot better than me because I may not have been as good as you. You see, that's why the Pharisee could come down to the front of the church and pray within himself, say, I thank you, I'm not like these other folks. I'm much better than everybody else in what I do, you see. Now, the problem with that is, by the way, we all get to doing that. We all get to comparing ourselves among ourselves. Oh, I'm not as good as him, or I'm, but I'm better than him. You know, the problem is you're going to find those people every time you look. You're going to find somebody you're better than. You're going to find somebody you're worse than. Depending on your mood, you're either going to feel prideful or you're going to feel despairing, you see. <laughs> You can do that. I promise you. It's like, it's like looking for signs. That's one of the reasons we don't look for signs. We don't follow signs. Is you'll find one if you're looking for it. <laughs> I promise you'll find a sign to justify anything you want to do, you know, or to lead you astray, you know. But see, we are esteemed of God. You know, He He purchased us with His own blood. Now, now we shouldn't feel ourselves to be valuable because we're not in, innately valuable in ourselves, but we are valuable to Him. David here is struggling with this, and David says, I just, I'm just not, you know, he forgot God's promises. I'm just not worthy to be in this position. And I believe that was some of the roots of his faith, faithlessness. And ultimately, he began to manipulate his circumstances to try to get himself where he thought he needed to be, even though he'd already been anointed king. You understand that David here is not the future king. David is the king. Because back in the, the earlier in this, in I believe it's the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel, God had stripped the kingship from Saul. Now Saul's still sitting on the throne, but he's lost the unction and anointing from God. And in the, in, I believe it's the 15th chapter. And in the 16th chapter, God sends Samuel to anoint David king, not future king, not heir apparent, 
king. He is currently, as we speak, as he is there, slaying these 200 Philistines, trying to prove his worthiness to be in the king's family. He is the king. Child of God, you and I are kings and priests before God. Because we have been made worthy. We have been anointed by the Holy Ghost. We have been paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been chosen by God the Father. And we can take that with us, you see. Not in pride and not in being lifted up, but in confidence and boldness. And I believe that was where the roots of his faithlessness began to, to fail. Where his faith began to fail, I should say. But even in the midst of this, and I'm going to try to close with this this morning. And I confess to you, this is a little hard for me to talk about because it's, it's so touching to me. Don't ever let anybody steal your joy and understanding of the relationship between Jonathan and David. The world tries to turn it into something perverted and ambiguous, but it is clear and precious. God had given David one true friend. One true friend that as far as we can tell from everything I read in the Word of God never betrayed David ever. And that was Jonathan, the son of Saul. And I believe in the midst of his faithlessness, God gave comfort to David in, in a providential way. But it's also a sad story. In chapter 19 and verse 1, Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. That's a pretty big order from the king. But, verse 2, listen to this. Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning and abide in a secret place and hide thyself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art. And I will commune with my father of thee. And what I see, that I will tell thee. Now, you know that David had some misgivings. I'm sure he probably thought in his mind, you know, I love Jonathan. You know, their souls were knit together, we're told. That when, when Jonathan, I don't know what exactly happened, but Jonathan was a man of honor. He was a warrior, as we've discussed this morning. He was a warrior not only for the kingdom of God spiritually, but, but materially, physically in this world. He was a, uh, he, you know, we read about Jonathan. Jonathan did some, he, he performed some great feats, you know. He did some great things in, in, uh, in fighting for the Lord's kingdom. But when, when Jonathan, it must have really, I, I can't imagine, I'd love to, I don't know that we even get to think about these things when we're in heaven, but in, in a way I'd love to talk to Jonathan when we get to heaven. How did it make you feel every day when that Philistine came out and challenged God's people and your father sat in his tent quaking and did not do anything about it. Even though your father stood head and shoulders, he was a giant among the Israelites. You know, if anybody should have been fighting Goliath, it should have been Saul. He should have gone down there and fought, but he was apparently a coward or, or, or clearly he was missing the leading of God and the, of the Spirit. But when David marched down there on that plain wearing his tunic, and having five smooth stones and a sling. And he challenged that giant, and he fought that giant, and he slew that giant, and he came marching up, back up that from that valley floor with the head of that giant in his hand. Something happened with Jonathan, and his soul was knit to David from then on. 
David will tell us later that his love was surpassed that that uh, surpassed the love of a woman the love between David and Jonathan and that's not something perverted let me just reiterate that that's something that's special and precious let me just say to you child God if God has blessed you with one true friend in life that is a blessing beyond compare and sometimes we men you know we get a little nervous about <laughs> getting too uh, close to other men but it shouldn't be that way. And in the kingdom of God, it is not that way. I thought with Brother Dalton as we come in and everybody's hugging him, going up hugging. I said, I guess you didn't get too many hugs in boot camp, did you? <laughs> and you know, he didn't, he said. <laughs> but, uh, but you know why? Because that's not the church. <laughs> you know, this is the only place I go. Where, where if I leave here and I hadn't gotten a hug from you men, I feel cheated or something, you know? I mean, that's just, you know, now anywhere else, if I go if I go to court and people start hugging me, men start coming up hugging me, I'm going to have a problem with that, okay? But, uh, but here, you know, it's something special. And my point is this, is that don't let anybody take that away from you. In the kingdom of God, there's a special love that is not perverted, that is pure. And that's the kind of love they had for each other here. He had one true friend. The rest of the story is this. In verses 1 through 7 here, Jonathan intercedes on behalf of, of his friend David. You continue reading that, uh, that there's a time in verses 8 through about verse, uh, well, down through verse 17, as you know, that's where David flees. And then over in the 20th chapter, says in verse 1, David fled from Naoth and Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, that's Jonathan speaking here, God forbid, thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing either great or small, but that he will show it me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It's not so. Jonathan still loves his daddy. He says, look, this is not, they're just telling you stories about dad. They're telling you lies. Dad's not really out to kill you. And David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. And Jonathan said, David, you just tell me what you want me to do. I'll do it. So he tells him and he says, basically, you go back. There's a... There's a uh, there's a feast, and, uh, and if I'm not there, you know, if, I, I believe he's going to kill me at the feast, uh, but, but go back. I'll not show up the first day, and we'll see how he acts. If he, gets, if, if he misses me at all, you just say, well, David asked me uh, permission to go back to Bethlehem and, and, and partake of this feast. And if, if basically, it's pretty good, you know, pretty good uh, plan on the part of David. He said, if he gets mad about me not being there, you'll know and I'll know that he's really out to kill me. And of course, you know the story. He goes back, and sure enough, Saul is out to kill David. But I want you to listen to what Jonathan says unto David in verse 11 of chapter 20. Jonathan said unto David, now, now this is apart from one other encounter after this, there's only one other time when we see Jonathan and David together. We'll come back to that in just a minute. But said, Jonathan said unto David in verse 12, they went out in the field together. Verse 12, he said, Jonathan said unto David, O Lord God of Israel, when I have sounded my father about tomorrow, any time or the third day, and behold, if there be any good toward David, and I send not thee, show it thee, the Lord do so and much more to Jonathan. But if it please my father to do thee evil, verse 13, then I will show it thee, 
and send thee away, that thou mayest go in peace. Now listen to this covenant between Jonathan and David. He says, And the Lord be with thee, as he hath been with my father. And thou shalt not only, while I yet live, show me the kindness of the Lord, that I die not, but also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David, every one from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require it at the hand of David's enemies. And Jonathan caused David to swear again because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Now essentially what he said here is this. He said, David, I don't believe this about my dad, but I'm going to go check it out for you. But if it's true, I want you to swear to me something. I want you to swear that as, as you and I have loved each other and had this friendship, that you will treat my progeny, my children and their children in a way that is consistent with this love. Because I know, David, that you're going to be the king. I love my dad, but he's not, he's not going to stay. And, and I realize that my, my understanding of what God has done, I trust God more than I trust my father. And I want you to be good to my children if indeed the Lord, I mean, if indeed Saul is out to kill you. As I said, you know the rest of the story? Sure enough, David was right. Saul was mad because he wanted to kill him. And so Jonathan came back. And he comes back to see him in, in, in verse 41 and 42. We read this last encounter, save one, between David and Jonathan. It says, as soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of a place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another and they wept one, one with another until David exceeded. David poured out his heart there because he knew that this was the end between him and Jonathan of that good relationship that they'd had. And Jonathan said to David, go in peace for as much as we, we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord saying, the Lord be between me and thee and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed and Jonathan went into the city. As I said, apart from except with the exception of chapter 23, where they briefly see one another, we have no record where Jonathan and David ever met again. Don't things like this happen in our lives? Don't we have close relationships that end up, for whatever reason, we may separate and never see each other again? We've experienced this separation with Dalton, you know, and it's been a brief time, three months, and that was a traumatic thing for so many of us and certainly for his family and he's back now and we're so thankful and we expect many of these reunions over the next few years but, but you know sometimes we separate and never get to see each other again sometimes it's because of circumstances sometimes it's not because of anything you did or anything i did but it's because of the sin that's around us we have things like betrayal we have things that occur in life uh, that cause us to be separated from people that, uh, that we're close to. But you know, sometimes our lives have to be stripped down to the core in order to serve God best. I believe that's what's happening here. All of the things, all of the people that David is relying on, all of the relationships that had borne him up, we're gonna see now that David's about to go into a place as we continue this study where it's, it gets to the point where he is alone in a crowd, in a cave, 
just him and God, surrounded by lions. And God is going to prove himself to be all that David needs. You see, uh, David found comfort in the providential care of God by sending him this friend. And now that this friendship has been taken away from him, God's going to prove himself to continue to be faithful, that he's still going to providentially care for David. Job says it this way. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. You know, that's the God we serve. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Because he will never leave us or forsake us. David did not stop trusting God, and therefore he was able to bear even the loss of this friend. So I'll leave you with this. When we've been stripped of all of our devices, sometimes that's when our reliance on God is the greatest. You know, I've always heard it said, when you're laying flat on the ground, the only way to look is up. And sometimes that happens in our lives. Now, I'm not saying God is sending all these things or causing all these things to happen, but providentially, He's providing for us, and providentially, He's suffering things that come upon us. But 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9, Paul says that God told him. This isn't Paul speaking. This is God saying this to Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Here we see David losing his best friend, and yet he's able to still trust God. Let's remember that lesson as we go through life. God is faithful no matter what may come upon us, and he will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you, and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.